Welcome to another exciting episode of Patanjali Yoga Sutra Commentaries by respected Dr. Chinmay Pandya. Each episode delves deep into a selected set of sutras, so be sure to follow along and remember to revisit any episode you may have missed. We hope you enjoy and do stay connected with DSVV by following our Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter pages using the handle at DSVVOfficial. Pranams to everyone and my respectful greetings from Devasanskati Vishwavidyalaya Shantikunj Haridwar in the vicinity of the Himalayas next to the river Ganga here in Haridwar. We have been going through this very insightful and uh, thought-provoking journey of one of the most special sutras, one of the most special scriptures written in India called Patanjali's Yoga Sutra by Maharshi Patanjali. We talked about that how special he is, that every single word that comes in the Patanjali Yoga Sutra, which serves as the foundation of the yoga philosophy, they are almost irreplaceable. You cannot replace them, you cannot change a single word because every word has come after a journey of the inner consciousness. They are not simply the words, so you cannot translate them. They are phenomena in their own right and in on their own merit. So Patanjali's Yoga Sutra are one of the most special kind of verses where the journey is very deep, very meaningful, very thought-provoking, very insightful. And we are going through this journey of the first chapter of Samadhipad. Samadhipad we started and now we have reached to the verse number uh, 16 and we will go beyond that but before we go deep into the today's discussion let us start with the recitation of the Gayatri Mantra and also by paying our reverence and homage to Puja Gurudev and Vandaniya Mataji without whose blessings and uh, divine protection none of these discussions would ever be possible Gayatri Mantra as I said before is one of the most special mantra of the Vedic scriptures and it is the mantra that asks us to walk on the path of righteousness. If we are discussing the final frontier of the human consciousness, Samadhi, Kaivalya, Nirvana, Moksha, then there is no better mantra than to do the Gayatri Mantra. Those of you who can chant the Gayatri Mantra, I request all of you to join me in the recitation of the Gayatri Mantra. Om Bhur Bhuva Swaha Tat Savetur Varenyam Bhargo Devasya Dhemahe Dheyo Yonaha Prachodaya Patanjali's Yoga Sutra are divided into four chapters Samadhi Pad, Sadhana Pad, Vibhuti Pad and Kavalya Pad and each have got their own reason to be there 
samadhi pad is there so that patanjali could mention could actually talk about all the samadhis that a yogi a sadhak a seeker of the spiritual path a seeker of the path of inner realization inner actualization self actualization encounters during that journey of going deep within and they start uh, with the mentioning the yoga as a discipline patanjali says at yoga anusashanam question comes that what is yoga yogasya chitta vritti nirodha he says that yoga is the banishment of the vrittis of the chitta the day when the vrittis of the chitta would be completely banished there would be nothing no trace of them not even a single trace of any of the vrittis of the chitta that's when the true yoga would take place it is not coming from the physical agility it is not coming from the exercise it is not coming from the asanas they all could create their own support system in accomplishing it they could contribute in making that happen but they are not the reason for a true yoga to take place the true yoga patanjali says happens when one is able to still the vrittis of the chitta and if you are able to do it then then comes the third verse he says tada drishtu swarupe vasthanam if not then he says the vrit vrittis are the one that becomes our identity vritti sarupya mitratra that's the fourth verse then comes the question that what are these vrittis so he gives the explanation vritte panchatte klishte klishte those vrittis which are coming out of kleshas that he would talk about in the chapter 2 they are the called klisht and those vrittis which are not are called a klisht and they are of five types or five in total uh, he goes on to explain them praman viparya vikalpa nidra smriti and then he goes to explain them till the uh, verse number 11 how we can banish them how we can control them that's where the first explanation comes from patanjali that the first way to do it is abhyas vairagya abhyam tan nirodha tan nirodha those vrittis that he talked about earlier could be banished or could be controlled or could be calmed down with abhyas and vairagya like krishna says abhyasin tu konte vairagyena cha grahate what is abhyas practice he explains in verse number 13 and 14 तत्र स्थित यत्नोभ्यास सतु दीर्घकाल निरंतर सत्कार सेवितः दृढ़भूमि दैट अभ्यास बिकम्स दृढ़भूमि फर्मली ग्राउंडेड इफ इट इज डन फॉर लॉन्ग पीरियड ऑफ टाइम विदाउट एनी इंटरप्शन विदाउट एनी काइंड ऑफ हेजिटेशन विद सेम लव सेम रिस्पेक्ट सेम डिवोशन दैट वी हैड ऑन द डे वन देन अभ्यास बिकम्स परमानेंट then you don't have to do it again and again just like the driving that first time you are doing it you need to be very cautious you need to be very alert you need to be very aware any person can come from anywhere you are not sure that whether i need to put my foot on the accelerator or whether i need to put my foot on the brake but once it becomes a second nature once it becomes a practice then no no need for repetition again so in the initial days patanjali says every single thing becomes important you have to be aware how you are going to focus how your body should be how your mind should be but once it becomes a second nature once the practice has found its deep root in our personality it's been firmly established firmly grounded then nothing more is needed 
and then he explains the vairagya and vairagya he defines into two upper and para upper is vashikara sangya and para is the para vairagya that comes in the verse number 15 and 16 and he says drishtanu shravika vishaya vatrishnasya vashikara sangya vairagyam that those vishaya those sensory pleasures or those sensual pleasures which are either seen or heard if we have got no craving for them then it is vashikara sangya it is aparavairagya but even a higher than that a higher enunciation takes place tat param purushakhyate gunair vaitrishtam if you go beyond that even if you have got no craving no craving for the gunas of the prakriti then comes the paravairagya that's where we have reached so far and i was putting the like you know using this recap so that we can understand the context that would happen now now comes the question and like i said that patanjali is the first person to have given a glimpse that how an education curriculum should be created he talks about the different variables then put them together so that you can understand the complete educational structure in one single premise he started with yoga chitvritti nirodha and he says what are chitvrittis define them what is nirodha and how you can accomplish that define them abhyas and vairag now comes the question that what would be the outcome if you have banished the vrittis of the chit if you have calmed them down if you have stilled them completely then what would happen now comes the verses number 17 18 and 19 and they all need to be understood together because they are not three different verses but basically there are three different stages which need to be understand in context of one and another and this time the translations would be a slight challenge because what patanjali is saying cannot be understood only with the help of the words so he says the 17th verse he says vitark which are आनंद अस्मिता अनुगमाद संप्रज्ञाता इफ यू गो वर्ड बाय वर्ड ही सेइंग वितर्क व्हेन तर्क लाइक लॉजिक हैज बीन कंप्लीटली स्टॉप्ड गॉन विचार व्हेन विचार थॉट्स आर गॉन आनंद स्टेट ऑफ ब्लिस अस्मिता ओनली ए आइडेंटिटी ऑफ द सेल्फ अनुगमाद बाय एक्सपीरियंसिंग देम और फॉलोज comes the sampragyata samadhi so he says that if vrittis have been completely stilled which means that chit is without any disturbances of the chit of vrittis there is no impulses there are no urges none of them are taking place if none of them are taking place then comes the sampragyata samadhi it is called sampragyata because in this state only the prakash of the pragya remains only the light of the bliss is remaining nothing else there is no thought there is no argument there is no confusion there is no question none of them are taking place and to understand this verse we need to understand the subtle structure of the inner mind or the inner being inner being as defined in the vedic scriptures or in the ancient scriptures of india probably the most accurate 
explanation anyone could provide for the mind that is beyond the mind or the inner mind which we call as the antahkarana and uh, scriptures say that antahkarana is not one but it is of four things together man buddhi chitta and ahankara that's what creates the idea or the identity of the inner being antahkarana it has got man man has got its own identity and man is identified or characterized by the thoughts from where the thoughts are coming imaginations are coming where we are thinking about things all the time where we are planning about things all the time that is coming from man where the thoughts are coming they are just passing by non stop they may be related to one thing they may not be related to one thing they are just actually constantly coming that's where the mind is buddhi is where the intelligence is it's where the execution takes place it's where the analysis takes place and buddhi is characterized by logic people may have man not necessarily the buddhi many people are having the thoughts but the central feature of the man is the thought central feature of the buddhi is tark logic we are just analyzing things we have to like you know reach to a conclusion we are using buddhi so that we can reach to among many thoughts we can reach to a final conclusion think it like this like you know man is above the senses it is guarding the senses it is supposed to be the guarding dog like you know sheep are going and among the sheep there is one german shepherd and german shepherd's duty is to put all the sheep together sheep are like thoughts they are going everywhere we have got many thoughts we have got a thought of accomplishing enlightenment at the same time actually buying the vegetables at the same time going to the vacation at the same time of actually earning the money and everything is coming these are sheeps they are different sheeps coming german shepherd is the mind its duty is to bring all of them together so that it goes into one direction so the duty of the mind was support was supposed to be actually finding among these variety of thoughts that are coming from nowhere with no real reason behind them to put something which is meaningful for the life in front of the intelligence so that intelligence can use it analyze it and then present it to the inner being to the ahankar and chitta and chitta is identified by the gunas of prakriti the characteristics of the chitta is the gunas of the prakriti ahankar is where the self concept of the self is rooted and what patanjali says is so beautiful he says now all of them because vrittis are stilled they all become completely calm so if man would become calm what would happen there would be no vichar no thought there is no undercurrent taking place in the sea so it became completely calm it is like so tranquil nice sea there that's what is happening which are buddhi has gone no tark no logic no argument no questions no confusion if you have found all the answers why would you have any questions the questions are only coming if i have got no answer and think about a personality who has got all answers why would buddha ask any question why would gurudev ask any question why would aurobindo or vivekananda ask any question they are the ones who are creating the answers they are the one who are the answers 
So, they do not have to ask the questions only a person needs to ask the questions if they have got no certainty about the uh, subject or the context. There comes a very beautiful classification in the scriptures that uh, disciples ask to saint that you know who accomplishes the final truth. And Santa, the saint says that there are three types of people who are asking this question. The first type of the people are those who have got kautuhal, they have got curiosity, they have got a question but no desire to know the answer. They are like children, he says. The children have got a question but by the time you provide the answer, they are asking a different question. They have got no interest whether you are giving them the answer or not. They ask what is this, by the time you answer, they are asking what is that. They did not even bother to wait for the answer to come. And many people have got questions like this, what is yoga, by the time you answer, what is yoga, by the time you answer, what is tantra. They have got no real interest to know the answer. They are asking the question because it is a like you know itching of the mind. They just want to ask the question because it is fun to ask or they think it is necessary to ask the question. In Sanskrit there is a word for it called kautuhal, curiosity. Higher than that is the jigyasa. Is jigyasa is when you are asking the question and also interested to know the answer. But this question has not become a question of life and death. If you won't get the answer, it is not something that you will sacrifice your life for it. But when the question becomes so strong that your life would be sacrificed for it, then it becomes mumukshatva. Then it becomes the single pursuit of the life. And when even that is gone, that question is gone, then comes with Ark. Nothing is needed now, no question. We have found the answer. There comes a very beautiful story and the story is of a great saint of India, Swami Vivekananda. There is a story that Rabindranath Tagore, the first person who got the Nobel Prize for Literature from India, he wrote a poem called I Met God. And he used to write poems in the middle of the night in the Ganga and Ganga is like two mile wide in, in Calcutta. So, it is very wide and what he used to do that he used to write the poem in the middle of the night. So, he would unchain his boat from one end and the boat would float and it would go wherever it would go in the like you know natural flow of the river. And in the night when nobody was there to disturb in the absolute tranquility of the Ganga river and flow, Ravindranath Tagore used to write. Middle of the night, a very young man, 18-19 years old, he swam across half of the river to reach to that boat that Ravindranath Tagore uh, was sitting in. And he reached there, completely drenched in the water, jumped on the boat. Ravindranath Tagore was uh, shocked that who is this person? And he asked the first question, he said, have you seen God? Have you met God? And Ravindranath Tagore fumbled, he said that, why don't you have a cup of tea and then I will answer the question. Vivekanand jumped back, he said, then you haven't. For him, it was a question of life and death, whether there is a God or not there. He was not asking because it is a fun question to ask. Then he asked the same question to Ramakrishna Paramahansa, his guru. And Ramakrishna Paramahansa was sitting on a chair like this and Vivekananda asked the question, he was sitting on the floor like that. 
and Ramakrishna Paramahansa jumped to the floor. He said, what about seeing the God? I can show you right now. And he put his hand on the Vivekananda's head and his life changed. He saw something that nobody else could see. When question becomes like that, when question becomes like the question Vivekananda had, then it is a question of life and death. Mumukshatva. When even that is gone, then Patanjali says, then comes the Vitarka. Vichara, Vitarka, Vichara, Ananda, then comes a state of true bliss. Who can disturb me? And how? I have got no questions, I have got no confusion. Asmita, then comes a phase when only person is aware of his own identity. Sampragyata, then he accomplishes a samadhi that is called Sampragyata. Because there is only Prakash of the Pragya, which is the which would we will talk about later on also, which is the doubtless knowledge without any confusion. That knowledge that comes from the above lokas, beyond this layers of consciousness. And if that kind of light is there, that kind of bliss is there, then person or sadhak or yogi or a seeker of the spiritual path is calmly seated in his own consciousness. And because ego is gone or ego is minimized, only limited to the a sense of I-ness, this person then becomes, rather than being egocentric, it becomes divine-centric. His own volition is gone, his own choices are gone, his own preferences are gone, his own pursuits are gone. He becomes like a flute and the song of the God is being played through him. In Gita, Bhagavan Shri Krishna is saying, Sarva Rambha Parityagi Sarva Sankalpa Visarjita. He does not initiate anything. Why would he initiate? If I start something, it means I have got a subtle ego that I want to start something. If I is gone, then who is going to start? Sarva Sankalpa Visarjita. Why would I take any Sankalpa? All Sankalps are gone. Everything is gone back to the where it came from. I have got no choice. I have got no preference. I have got no reason. I have got no argument. I have got nothing mine. You take it. It all belongs to you. You means Prakriti. It all belongs to the divine. It's nothing is mine. There comes a very beautiful story of a famous sage in India, Ashtabhakra, who was in the womb of the mother. And his father, Kahol Rishi, said to actually recite the Vedas. And he said from inside that there is no knowledge in the Vedas. So father was angry. Father said, how come like, you know, this boy who is not even born is saying things like that. So he said, why do you say that there is no knowledge in the Vedas? He said, because Vedas are only indication. From the womb, he asked a question to his father. He said, tell me where is the moon? And father pointed towards the moon. So he said, like, like you are pointing from your finger to the moon, but your finger is not the moon. He said, your finger is only an indication towards moon. He said, same is with the jnana. It is called atma jnana. The word for adhyatma or word for samadhi or word for Vedantic way of understanding the self-actualization is atma jnana. That the knowledge that comes from within, it manifests from within. 
it unveils from within so he said that's why it is called atmagyan because vedas are only indication towards the knowledge but the wisdom is inside you from within it comes from within father became angry and he said to the son he said that you would be born twisted because his ego was bruised that this boy who is not even born is giving him the direction so out of anger he said that you would be born twisted from eight places so that you won't be able to do ashtanga yoga that's why the name came ashtavakra ashta means eight vakra means twisted and from inside he said he said aangan ke teedha ho jane se aakash teedha nahi ho jata just because you can twist the land does not mean that you have to stay at the sky he said just because you have to stay at the body does not mean that my mind is twisted it's calm like ever before so you reach to that state you reach to the state where only the calmness of inside is there there are no waves taking place there is no confusion there is no anger there is no guilt there is no argument there is no confusion there is no question and there is also no desire to seek the answer because there are no questions there is no logic there so patanjali says that if you follow abhyas and vairagya and you are able to still the vrittis of the chitta then what would be the first step that you would reach to and this state he says is sampragyat samadhi the type of samadhi where only the light coming out of the bliss is remaining nothing else you are aware of your own identity but nothing else mind has become calm nothing is arising out of it because nothing is arising out of it brings the next verse he says viram pratyah abhyas purvah sanskar sheshunya these words are difficult to translate in english but try to understand the concept viram pratyah many people have translated it in a different manner but rather than looking at the translation better to understand the concept then it becomes easy viram means rested pratyah means cause when all the causes of unrest are gone then you are naturally seated don't have to run after anything viram pratyah abhyas purva sanskar sheshunya abhyas means practice puru means before sanskars are sanskars shesh means remaining anya means others then comes the other type of samadhi patanjali says which is asampragyat or nirbij or kevalya samadhi in which only sanskar remains sanskar is shesh everything else has been rested this person who has reached to this state have got nothing else he is not going after anything there is nothing left from within for him to search for inner reasons are gone only he is dealing with the sanskars nothing else he has got no reason to run after anything in the life no pursuit is left no cause is left i would be calmly seated where i am will wait two beautiful stories are there one is the story of the some many people talk about vipassana and the word comes from vi means opposite pashna means to see 
rather than seeing there i am seeing within myself rather than seeing towards the world i see here inside and the story goes that when gautam buddha he hasn't become the lord buddha that time he was sitting in a state of meditation another enlightened soul mahavir passed by and looked at him bowed to him and he said that very happy to see you searching for yourself but your eyes are open and eyes were closed so people thought what he is talking about eyes were closed in his sitting in a state of meditation next time he came when he was giving the discourse in saranath had accomplished enlightenment eyes were open and he was giving a lecture and mahavir bowed and he said very happy to see you he said happy to see that your eyes are closed people said eyes are open what he is talking about buddha said he is right first time he came my worldly eyes were closed but mind was going everywhere chit was everywhere it hasn't reached to viram pratyay it hasn't reached to the state where complete uparam state is there complete everything has found the full rest nothing is coming out of it he said that time i was not in a state of viram i was not in a state of rest now everything is rested now i am not running anywhere that's why when another famous story of lord buddha's life comes where angulimal the person who was trying to kill people anguli means finger mal means pendant he was chopping their finger and making a mal of it and killed many people and he was running after lord buddha to kill him but he could not not reach lord buddha so he was very angry that i am trying my heart but still could not reach to lord buddha so he shouted he said hey monk where are you going why are you running away from me and buddha smiled buddha said i am not running anywhere you are running he said i stopped a long time ago the word buddha comes who has found himself he said i stopped when i became buddha <laughs> i have got nowhere to go i am here only you are running that changed only mal and he became monk so they become like that when they become viram pratyay so first stage that comes when the vrittis are completely still and they have been samahit as the vyas uses the word they have been absorbed inside the chitta that stage is the sampragyat because there is no confusion no logic no question no argument no analysis nothing is taking place mind buddhi they both have found their complete rest only what is left is the bliss then comes the second state which is virama pratyay viram pratyay he says also some people call it upaya pratyay because you need to do upaya upaya means like you know treatment upaya means uh, measures upaya means like you know methods so you need methods to reach to that stage you need abhyas and vairag that's why some people call it upaya pratyay viram pratyay upaya pratyay are the same word viram pratyay abhyas purva sanskar sheshunya he says in that state when you have reached to asampragyat nothing you have reached to a state where there is not apart from sanskar nothing else is left and you only have to deal with the sanskars then comes the final state asampragyat is of two types 
one is the type when we are going through the paths of sadhana and reaching there so we are going through all these states that patanjali talked about abhyas vairagya then vitark vichar ananda smitanugat and then we reach there that's why they are called upaya pratyay you have to pass through all these examination and then you reach there then you deal with the sanskars another way is that you had reached there but your body was gone just before that you unlocked all other layers it's like who wants to be a millionaire like you know you have got if you have uh, answered the questions up to question number 5 and then 10 and then 15 so then you can take some money if you have reached to the stage number 10 and 11th you cannot answer or 12th you cannot answer you have an option of not repeating the entire process but you can go only up to the stage 10 and said i take the money now i go so some yogis do that when they have reached to a particular state but cannot unlock the last layer they said okay i leave the body now and start the journey from the next from there he talks about them he says bhav pratyaya videh prakriti layanam he says bhav means birth videh prakriti lay two types of people videh who are in the body but not in the body the word is used for raja janak king janak who was there and not there at the same time so they use the body only to unlock the last stage they are using it only as a medium because the last layer could not be unlocked so they use it so that i can open that key only that small thread was remaining and they used it prakriti layanam they come directly from prakriti no other force of this existence can put any any kind of obligation upon them they are in direct control of prakriti they are merged into prakriti and prakriti have sent them here to pay back the last known debt no other reason for them to be here two stories and that would make it slightly more clear one is the story of mahavir mahavir was in a last state and uh, he could not break that boundary and he was thinking so strongly that why i cannot break it i have accomplished all other layers of samadhi i am there i am i have got no reason no sansk what is left so then he contemplated deeply and realized that there is one karma sanskar remaining and this karma sanskar was of many lives before many many lives before when he was a king somewhere and in, when he was a king he brutally tortured a man and made his ears prick and this karma was following mahavir sanskar sheshonya so he ordered that man in a state of meditation to come back and return the karma back to him that man was herding the sheep somewhere the unconscious call reached to him and he came back came to him and the moment he saw mahavir he immediately became angry because the sanskar was calling him no other reason but sanskar was calling for him to return back the vengeance the anger the vendetta 
the like you know the revenge that he wanted to take so he immediately had that feeling of taking the revenge from this man who he had no idea who he was but still he was so angry he said i have to and he shouted at him and mahavir did not reply he was in a state of meditation so he said are you deaf and he used the like you know the we have got a kind of shrub whose thorns are very prickly it's uh, sahajan's phali and then he used that and he put that inside arand and he put that inside the like you know the ear drums of mahavir pricked them both sides but rather than getting angry mahavir said thank you he said i am so happy that you could return it back to me videh prakriti layana now i can be back to the cosmos going back he said this was the last lock that was remaining and i wanted to pay it back this is how those people come they go lord buddha has said a very beautiful line for them he said that their lives are like the footsteps of birds in the sky birds leave no footsteps on the sky they come and go so they come there at their own will and they go at their own will no law of the nature can actually control them because they are coming straight from prakriti and patanjali says that they are like in education we have got a very interesting concept called literal entry so if somebody has already studied for 2 years somewhere else and he has only got 1 year left so you are doing a bachelor in cambridge university you completed 2 years but could not finish the last year and now you want to finish the last year but you are now living in us and if the syllabus of first 2 years were the same they give you straight entry into the final year that you finish and then you get your bachelor's degree so this is called lateral entry so these people are laterally entering they are coming straight at the last layer and they are videh prakriti layanam that i came to pay back this small sanskar and then i will go like comes the story in the bhagavat of jad bharat jad bharat was a famous rishi he achieved all layers of enlightenment at the last stage and he he saw one um baby deer shol and he saw like you know to he had a desire to help him and just because this was the last desire before he died he had to take birth because the desire came as a deer to look after that deer then he realized the one small fragment of desire at the last minute made me take birth so he said in next i would have no further attachment so he was born as a rishi but decided not to speak to anyone rather he behaved like a madman that i know nothing i have got no attachment that's why the word jad bharat comes his name was bharat but he was called jad because he was like insane mute not saying to anyone people thought that he is mentally retarded he has got no like you know he's got no uh, intelligence nothing but he knew everything one day when he was walking around then there was a king going called rahugan and rahugan uh, rahugan had these like you know four people who were taking him like kings they used to carry and one person had fractured his leg so they just actually put him to use there and because jad bharat did not want to commit any new karma he was jumping around so that he can save the save the small animals so that he won't end up doing another new karma and the king became angry 
king said that who is this new man who is jumping around and making the like you know whole palki whole throne unstable out of anger he approached jadbharat but then realized that jadbharat was the person of greatest wisdom so what the discussion had taken place between jadbharat and rahugan is also considered one of the most auspicious texts of indian scriptures he was in the last layer too so if we recap today's discussion patanjali says that once you have followed abhyas and vairagya the stage that you reach is sampragyat where vitark vichar anand smita no logic no question no thoughts only a state of true bliss is there and even if you go beyond then you reach to asampragyat nirbij or kevalya samadhi and this stage of asampragyat is further divided into two viram pratyay bahu pratyay there are people who are coming through these stages where only viram pratyay abhyas purva sanskar sheshunya they only have to pay back the sanskar like i gave the example of mahavir or bahu pratyay videh prakriti layanam or they are coming like jad bhagrat direct entry lateral entry because they paid back all other karma in the previous lives and they are here only to pay back the last remaining karma that's why they are in direct control of prakriti no nothing no other commitment is left in this world or existence for them so we end it here we end it uh, with this uh, uh, brief discussion about the different types of samadhis that patanjali talks about then he will go beyond that are these the only ways or there are other ways to understand or reach to this stage of samadhi so we end today's discussion with the shanti part those of you who could say the shanti part or shanti mantra shall join us in uh, chanting the shanti part om dyo shante rantarikshagvam शांते पृथ्वे शातेराप शातेषधय शाते वनस्पत शातिर्विश्वेदेव शातिर्ब्रह्म शाते शाते शातेरेवशाते सातेरेधे ओ शाते 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 सर्वाष्ट सुशातिरभवत हमारे YouTube चैनल शांति कुंजक वीडियो गायत्री परिवार को सब्सक्राइब करें एवं बेल आइकन जरूर दबाएं ताकि गायत्री परिवार की विभिन्न गतिविधियों की जानकारी आपको मिलती रहे